Well, welcome to Discipleship Under the Crown, a podcast where we talk about keeping discipleship in youth ministry front and centre, even when there's a global pandemic going on. My name is Al James. I'm a youth ministry advisor working with YouthWorks in Sydney. And our vision at YouthWorks is to see effective youth ministry in every church. And in fact, youth ministry has changed a lot in the last month. Face-to-face ministry is basically off. We've had to change so much of what we do in our youth ministry practice. Many are moving online. Ministry conditions don't seem optimal, you might say. And yet God is still king. He's still sovereign. And so we are asking the question in this podcast, with all the various aspects to discipling young people, Uh, to know and love and follow Jesus. How do we do this now in this time in history? How do we disciple young people under the crown of the coronavirus, but also, and importantly, under the crown of the Lord of the universe? Callan Pritchard is joining us today. He serves at Dundas Tilopia Anglican Church, where he's responsible for youth, training and home groups. Callan, this is your first year out of theological college and you've had a pretty major shift in job description already. Yeah, uh, it's gone from kind of one plan to an entirely new plan within the space of a few weeks. Very nice. Well, it's uh, been a mad scramble to change our ministry programs in response to COVID-19. And even when there's no virus to worry about, it can be easy, easy for evangelism to drop off the radar. And so today we're going to talk with Callan about why evangelism needs to stay on our radar and what he's doing with his youth group to help them to keep at it. And hopefully you'll be inspired or some of your thinking will be short-circuited if you're listening out there and you'll be able to implement some of these ideas in your youth ministry. But first, there's a bigger picture to all this than just our ministry plans and our strategies. Callan, what's your personal response been to the whole COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, um... Look, a few feelings uh, on the health side, some anxiety and some fear. I don't like health things. And so that's always just caused a little bit of concern for me and my wife as we think about, you know, how we're going to live life. Um, And I think we adopted kind of some pretty extreme social distancing stuff quite early on. So we've just felt the lack of physical presence, which has been hard as it is for everyone. Um, a lot of tiredness from work, just reimagining what everything looks like the kind of first week and a half. I just felt like I was thinking in mud. It was, it was really hard, um, especially on the back of kind of eight weeks of building up plans for the year. Um, but also excitement and dreaming. Like I actually thought, hey, this is, this is a great opportunity for us to reach more people. And so there's been kind of in the midst of anxiety and fear, lots of excitement, lots of dreaming for ways that we can actually Um, use this whole situation for the sake of telling people uh, about the gospel. Yeah, I'm hearing people um, talk about opportunities. Uh, It is is an opportunity to go back to basics in some ways and, uh, yeah, reimagine ministry in a new phase. Let's talk about evangelism, though. Um, You could argue that we should keep focused on the people we're already pastoring in a time like this. It's crisis time. Why should we also be thinking about evangelism mm. right now in yeah, this look, moment? Pa- pastoral care matters and it's essential and discipleship's essential. But I think if we, if we really believe that God is sovereign, as the scriptures tell us he is, um, and not just sovereign that he's kind of a king and everything's happening under him just haphazardly, but he's the king who's directing events in the world. 
Um, I think we have to say he's in charge at the moment and his plan hasn't been diverted. It's still going. So you read through, um, say, the Acts uh, of the Apostles or you read through uh, Revelation and you see clear, uh, clear signs that in the midst of difficulty or trouble or distress, um, God's plan continues to grow. So, for instance, the, the big persecution in Acts sends people all over the world. It's a terrifying situation, but it is clearly part of the way that God is going to start building and growing churches. So if God is sovereign and we believe it, I think we have to say the plan hasn't changed. Let's keep trying to pursue the kingdom first, grow the kingdom, uh, reach people with the gospel. So I don't think just because our situation has changed quite significantly, I don't think the plan has has changed. But also... Um, if if that's true, I think it means we don't need to um, we don't need to fear kind of bunkering down or, or just going into self preservation. I think we can confidently say, let's reach out to people with the gospel. We can have confidence because we know that all of this is happening under God's hand, and it's happening under His hand so that more people will hear about Jesus and come into His kingdom. And so, um, I think. Uh, actually, one of the ways that we will preserve or sustain our churches through this is to keep the vision. Uh, it's not to change it or to say, you know, um, business isn't going on as usual in this sense. I think it is to go best foot forward. Let's reach out with people with the good news of Jesus, because this is the hope they really need. Um, they don't need a vaccine for the virus. They need the cure for sin. And so let's keep reaching out with that. And in some of your thinking, you've uh, you've been thinking uh, specifically about how Actually, this season maybe provides yeah. some new opportunities so think, as well. Um, just the, the, the situation we're in has, has raised so many new feelings for people. There's a lot of fear and anxiety or panic in our society. Um, the kind of the confident expectation for this kind of imagined future that we thought we were going to have tomorrow has changed. So the people who are really kind of science-y minded um, – even if we get a vaccine and we fix this, I think people's trust has at least been kind of knocked down a few levels in um, the capacity of people to really control our world. I think even if we keep increasing technologically, I think there will always be that fear there of well, what else is there in this universe that can kind of come at us. Um, so I think the future has just been shown to be much more uncertain. And as Christians, we have a very certain future um, and a future that's certain through the difficulty. So there's a path of, of suffering to glory, but the glory is certain. And so I think there's lots of opportunities to connect with people. Uh, we can connect with them in their fear or their anxiety or their panic. Uh, I think some of the, just the tension that's arisen around this strong individualism and yet a culture that wants to love, you know, you think of Bondi, there's just this tension between my rights and loving others by staying home. I think all of those things are opportunities to speak about the gospel and to speak about what real love looks like. Um, but I think just with our neighbours, just opportunities to say, I'm praying for you. This must be hard to say, um, here's my number. Anything you need, let me know. I'm here to love you. I'm here to serve you. And to be confident to say, I want to be generous to you because I've got a really generous God. So just making it really clear that we're loving people because we have a loving God. I think there's so many opportunities to do that and it will land better because people are feeling the weight of our present moment. Yeah, in some ways, uh, the, the gospel is, was not only is it 
just as essential, but in some ways it's kind of more essential at this time because it, it provides some of the answers to the questions, the pertinent questions that people are asking at this, this time and the, uh, the holes in some of the ways of thinking that they have mm. been engaged in up till now. Now, um, I've been speaking to you about your youth group, um, about what you're doing with your young people um, to help them keep evangelising. Can you share with us some of the things that you're doing at Dundas um, to help your, mm, yeah. your kids reach Look, out? I'll, I'll preface it with um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to help the whole church do evangelism. But at the same time, I'm, I'm particularly in charge of youth as well and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get them thinking evangelism? And I've inherited a, a really wonderful youth group. They're not big. It's about 10 to 12 people. Uh, but a lot of them, maybe like eight or nine of them, just have a lot of evangelistic zeal, are really bold talking to their friends. And historically, what's stopped bringing people to youth is just barriers like geography or like parents not wanting them to come. Um, it's, it's not for lack of kind of evangelistic effort. So uh, with all of that, I've, I've realised the whole situation at the moment has, has removed barriers. The geography barrier doesn't matter. Kids can just tune into something online. That's okay. Even the ones who'd feel awkward coming but may have been a little bit interested, that whole stigma of walking into a church youth group is gone. And so the online factor um, for all the problems it creates, it also creates this great opportunity for people to just tune in, watch anonymously, or to you know join in discussion and so um one of the things we're doing is trying to say okay what are all the questions your friends have like let's get the biggest questions that they actually want answers to and let's run a few weeks discussing those topics get them interested to coming and say you can just sit in your living room tune up tune in sorry um join listen listen in on the answer this is my youth leader or my youth leaders who are talking about this um and then let's have a conversation in a week's time so there's all these opportunities to connect these contacts into our youth group um, just, you know, from their home. So there's, there's barriers and there's kind of engaging level of things. Um, but there's also kind of the equipping side of things that we can run as much as we want from the kind of content or the leadership end. But if the kids aren't inviting, you know, nothing's going to happen. So we're really thinking, how do we build confidence um, and how do we equip with answers? So, uh, Max Stiles, a guy in Dubai who runs a university ministry, says there's three levels of confidence in conversation we need. Level one's like exposing our faith, you know, letting people know we're Christian. Level two's explaining the gospel. Level three's inviting a response. So I'm thinking, how do I grow confidence in my kids with this so that when their friends say, oh, these restrictions are really hard, I'm not coping very well, how are you going? They don't just say, yeah, it's tough, but I'm all right. They say, yeah, it's tough, but I'm all right because... I've got a great God and I have hope or it's tough, but I'm all right because I've got a great youth group who's caring for me. So how can they expose their faith, uh, but also then have confidence to say to their friends, Hey, why don't we talk about this? This is, you know, the Bible, Jesus, he's given me so much confidence and hope and strength at the moment. Hey, why don't we have a little conversation about him? So there's all these opportunities I'm trying to equip my um, youth kids with to give them confidence. But the other thing we're doing is trying to give them answers. So we run a week on COVID-19. What's the, what does the gospel say about what's happening? And um, how does that measure up with other worldviews at the moment? What resources do we have and what resources do they have or not have? Uh, but also we're going to move into a, 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 um, a series on hope and promise. Let's actually build our proper Christian worldview that sees time and history properly. So we're not just thinking about kind of you know, getting over this thing and then moving to this utopian future. But we're thinking about what does the gospel say about the future and where we sit and what we should expect 
and that hope I'm hoping will equip the kids with some answers to kind of, um, you know, when their friends talk to them about what's going on at the moment or um, even how we get, get out to the other side of this thing, they're actually going to have real confident answers that come from scripture. Right, so this time brings the barriers down so young people might feel that they're able to connect uh, in a way that they might not have been able to a month ago. Uh, You're equipping your young people, you're building confidence in them, um, you're helping them to explain their faith, you're helping them to think about inviting a response. What next? What happens after that? Yeah, so Uh, follow-up the big issue at the moment. It's never been easier to invite to church, but it's probably never been harder to follow people up. So that's that's an issue we all need to think through. Some of the things we're trying to do is get, get a common email. We've got just a simple connect at Dundas um, that we're plugging everywhere so people can kind of make themselves known to us so that afterwards we might be able to contact them and actually get in touch. Um, but the other key thing in follow-up is the kids themselves, getting them to actually uh, talk with their friends afterwards and afterwards and afterwards. And look, it might be the barriers come up again and kids aren't going to come to our youth group and that's okay. What we want, though, is that some of, some of those kids we've engaged with might actually feel like they can plug into some of the things around them. Maybe their ICF group, maybe there's another church youth group nearby. But we want to use this time to um, build confidence, do evangelism, bring people closer to Jesus. You know, our prayer is that they'll save, they'll save some. Um, but after it's all over, it's actually finding ways to connect them with other churches in the area connect them with other Christian groups and that's going to be through their friends who know them and are living, you know, or at school with them or living closer to their area. Um, so I think that's the way to, to do the follow-up. It's again, that kind of organic thing from the equipped youth. Um, but, you know, there's going to be lots of churches with, with the same problem. So it's probably another issue we need to keep thinking about as a, as a community. Love it, Callan. I love that it's not about building Dundas, but it's about building the kingdom of God. Super encouraging, mate. Well, if you want to get in contact with Callan to talk about any of the things that he's raised during this episode, you can do that at callan at dundasanglican.com.au. And uh, we're still a new podcast. Uh, we want to we do everything we can to help people to keep discipleship front and center in this very strange time of youth ministry. So we would love your help to spread the word. Uh, like, it, like this podcast, share it. You can write a review. That would be very much appreciated. Uh, as we keep thinking about how do we do discipleship under the crown.